you are joining the Closeted Chaos Podcast of Kind Mind Wellness with Nicole Bolden. Conversations about mental health, holistic wellness, intentional living, peace in the midst of chaos, the chaos itself, and all the things in between. I'm thrilled you've tuned in. So settle in, get grounded, take a deep breath, reset your mind, and let's chat. Hi, thanks for joining. Today we're going to chat about addiction and do kind of the start of a mini series. And I know when we think of addiction, we think of generally drugs and alcohol and gambling. And there's so much more to it than just those things. And really, we could kind of be addicted to anything. And there's so much stigma surrounded to addiction, especially drug and alcohol, that I think just chatting a little bit more about it will maybe help those who are struggling or know someone who's struggling and just realize that the shame that's associated with it um, isn't helpful. It isn't helpful for those suffering with what they're addicted to, and it's not helpful for those that are walking alongside them or love them and that are struggling with their loved ones or friends or business associates addiction. So part of the stigma is that there is so much misinformation for so many years and people just generally think it's weakness, that it's just self-gratification and kind of lack of willpower and the inability just to say no for whatever it is that they're addicted to, that, you know, they should just be able to quit and that's the end of it and move on with their lives. And it's just so much more than that. There's like brain chemistry involved And what even clinicians, which I'm not going to be talking about addiction from that angle, but even clinicians and doctors now know that there is so much more research that it's just not that easy. Um, It's serving a purpose. There's definitely a root issue involved to the addiction. It fires off the pleasure-seeking um hormones inside of us to the brain and it just alleviates discomfort for whatever it is the addiction is for it's physical and emotional and just kind of holistic in the human body and brain and the emotional side too and so when we want to escape whatever it is that's bringing us discomfort we tend to run to something that's going to self-medicate or provide a escape, if you will, to that displeasure and that discomfort of whatever's coming up or the root issue that's going on that maybe isn't even identifiable. Nobody starts their life or even their addiction with the desire to become an addict. It just happens. Um, You know, we as a society tend to be like, oh, it's okay if you're a workaholic or 
a chocoholic or a shopaholic, we kind of like let those go at the wayside, even though those can be detrimental to families um, financially, emotionally. Um, if you're a workaholic, you're probably not too present at home if you have a family and just that stress and that toll it takes on your body. And so when we just focus on comparing and justifying like, okay, well, I'm not a drug addict or I'm not an alcoholic, then we just tend to stay stuck. And so many people are stuck right now. And even in in like food or healthy eating or an addiction to exercise or like anything done in excess to self-medicate or escape something is addiction. I know for me personally, I feel like I've been addicted to many things and nothing all at once. Like I've gone in kind of ebbs of flows. Um, And I can definitely see that each thing has served its purpose um, for comfort or even just pleasure, sensation seeking, and even down to like being a workaholic and trying to be a perfectionist in those areas or with food, exercise, um, even drinking in excess sometimes. And that's just through like adulthood. If I really like think about it, I'm sure there's more. Like I'm addicted to making lists sometimes, checking it off, um, and different things that kind of feed being um, codependent. Um, So, and I know that that is like the escape of what I'm dealing with aside from like those root issues that I really got to the bottom of in brain spotting. And I feel like I've been around addiction um, as a spectator my whole life, Um, whether that's drugs or alcohol. um, I have one parent who's pretty much addicted to anything and the things that are like stigmatized as bad. I also have siblings who have been addicts, friends, um, distant relatives, people that I've worked with. I mean, I've just really been around a lot of addiction. And um, I just think that until we remove this stigma, and I'm probably going to like drill this into the ground, the level of suffering involved for everyone is just going to be high and at times catastrophic. I've definitely seen firsthand what the worst case scenario looks like in drug addiction and even alcoholism on different levels too. I mean, the absolute worst case scenario of death um, down to just kind of losing your life and the things that people value and not me personally, but seeing other people do that because of their, well, at the time it was multiple addiction this one individual had of drugs alcohol, money, sex, um, you kind of name it, and they lost everything and then even had health issues, came back and still has addiction issues because the root issue 
has not been fixed. So it's just going to be a lifelong battle. And so I definitely can see from different angles just how crazy life becomes around you when you're surrounded by addiction. I mean, there's definitely even people in my life that I've had to put boundaries that I'm estranged from because I just can't have that in my life. And when somebody doesn't want to get help, then those boundaries definitely are necessary. And recovery is possible. You know, people recover all the time. It doesn't always go to the far end of the spectrum. And I just think that people are so lost on how to get there into recovery. And it almost seems at times that it's like kind of handpicked or I know for me, um, I kind of wondered like, well, why did they get to, why did God allow them? Why did he say yes to them and their recovery and no to others? And that was kind of something that I struggled through as an observer. And just to kind of touch on the science part of it, um, out of Harvard, their brain imaging technology Um, They saw that the brain responds similarly to different pleasure-seeking experiences, whether it was from drugs, alcohol, um, psychoactive substances, or gambling, shopping, sex, that they all kind of reacted in a similar capacity on these brain images. And I know that we say that there's like genetic predisposition to addiction, but not a certain specific type of addiction. And just because you're predisposed doesn't mean that you're going to be an addict. It's like genetics load the gun and society and life around you pulls the trigger. And that's where the root cause comes because you don't have to necessarily become an addict because you're genetically predisposed. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people kind of grow up in that environment too when it's like drugs and alcohol or gambling, the really obvious ones, and they do the opposite. Sometimes they they become addicts too, but it's not all the time. It's important to really understand that too, that just because you have the predisposition, you are still in charge before you decide to make the action. Once, sometimes it only takes one time. Sometimes you do a drug and it just takes one time and your brain is addicted and it wants it more and it liked the escape and it's going to run to it every time. Like shopping, shopping People call it retail therapy because it shoots off that pleasure sensation. Or if you talk about straight drugs, um, a lot of people talk about different opiates that do that and they're addicted after like one time. Um, Sometimes it takes the buildup of just doing it and creating a habit or doing it on more than one occasion and your brain remembering that that becomes the escape and the self-medication. Sometimes it's just reckless behavior too. 
Sometimes the escape is just to be as reckless as possible. And so there's all different factors that come into addiction. And so when we sit there and we look at other people and we don't think that it could happen to us or our family or our individual self, it most definitely can. And it can come like a thief and just rob you, your family, friends, um, economic stability, and everything of your whole life and just start taking over. Sometimes in a snap of a finger, sometimes more slowly and methodically. And then you just wake up one day and then we do these recovery tools. And yeah, some of them are super effective. And then you just change what the addiction looks like. So if you're in recovery from drugs or alcohol and then you go into over-exercising and are super strict with your dieting and become like this whole obsessive, clean lifestyle. Yeah, it looks good on the outside, but we still haven't addressed the why behind it, the root causes that are causing the behavior. Even like compulsion is in root causes. So we really have to work towards a root cause therapy, brain therapies that actually get to the bottom. And then we can introduce all the logic therapies and executive function therapies. And then the understanding of it all becomes even more powerful. And that includes people that are watching all this happen the observers, not just the addicts. The observers and the people walking alongside need just as much help as the addicts do. And I know that there's a lot of talk about like enabling and all that. And that's, again, all rooted somewhere. And the love for the person who's an addict and until you walk in those shoes, you just don't ever know. And sometimes you're second guessing, or I would say most of the time you're second guessing as the observer the whole way through. And then the shoulda, woulda, couldas creep in, the shame and the guilt creep in, even though this isn't even your addiction per se, it's just the impact that that has on you and then your brain and your brain chemistry and your body, mind, and soul in a holistic manner. It just impacts kind of everything. And you could be traumatized too, or it could be triggering something that has nothing to do with it, but that gave you the same body sensations. And so this is just kind of the introduction to addiction. Um, we're going to start out probably more drug addiction related, um, but I just want to really bring it home that addiction just isn't for drug addicts and alcoholics and gamblers. It truly is anything that produces the pleasure sensations, the self-medication, the escape from life, however that looks like in your life or in somebody else's life that you love. And I just can't stress the importance of really understanding this if you are actively walking alongside someone with an addiction. You really need to dig 
deep into the current modern research of what it is because it's not just, oh, just stop. You're impacting me. It's inconvenient. You're hurting me and you're impacting those around you and you're ruining your life. And so you should just stop because if they could, they would. Nobody wants to be on this perpetual cycle of addiction and the circle that it does. And just, it just compounds as time goes by, it just compounds. And it's just not as easy as just stopping, just have the willpower, just have the discipline, just have the motivation, the consistency, just do the 12 steps. All that does is create more and more and more and more checklists. Are they necessary? Yes. The main thing that's necessary is to get to the why. Why is the person in that much pain that they have to self-medicate at that high caliber of an addictive level? That they can't even see or understand to fix the issue, let alone how they're impacting other people. It doesn't feel good when you're struggling and you're impacting those around you, especially if you don't know how to fix it. The expectation is just fix it, just do all the things. And it's just not working. People are suffering. People are closet addicts to a multitude of things. There are tons of people addicted to pharmaceuticals and it's labeled as okay because they're meds or prescription and they require them to sleep and the body becomes dependent and they're neurotoxins for your brain and they don't help. And then we just exchange one addiction for another. So even like some people that get like sober, then they're, I don't know, California sober is what I'm seeing now. And it's just where people smoke weed and no judgment on whatever you choose to do. If it becomes an addiction, though, you probably need to revisit that. And if you're predisposed or already struggle with anxiety and depression, you shouldn't be smoking weed at all or drinking or doing anything that's going to self-medicate because it's going to cause the depression and anxiety to compound and become worse. And that's everyone else's journey. And labeling an addict is the addict's job they have to figure it out. You can tell them over and over again, and you can tell them, oh, we'll do it for this reason or do it for that reason. But until they see it, until they come to the realization and take ownership, until they want to do it for themselves and themselves only, they're not going to be successful. And it's just putting an unattainable expectation on them, especially when you guilt people with family and kids and spouses or people they love. They want to change. They don't want to disappoint those people. But that is an incentive that comes after doing it for themselves. And we just keep giving these prescriptions of do more and all these different types of issues instead of like rooting out Like you don't give somebody who has medical, biological disease 
a list of things to do if they're terminal, you like try to save their lives and they have to want it too. Like if somebody has cancer, they have to agree to all the treatments in order for them to have a shot of being successful. It's kind of like the same ideology in a sense. So again, this is just a short introduction to kind of get the wheels turning in the brain to encourage people to do the research and the homework that it takes to really understand and to just kind of come together as a community and walk alongside those people that are struggling in love without judgment for the family and the loved ones and the friends of those that are addicts and just without judgment or solutions and just kind of walk alongside and we really just educate ourselves as a community to remove the stigma and to really just advocate for people that are struggling at such high levels of self-medication and stop putting the blame on everything else. Of course, there's a reason, there's a why, and we have to get to that why. And also, we can't keep just shifting the blame to policymakers or people outside of the country. We have to look at the root problems. The cartel is not the reason why somebody's an addict. You know, we have to, Bupharm is not even the reason somebody becomes an addict. It may be introduced through them, it may be pushed and peddled through them, but it's creating a purpose in their brain. So we need to figure out the why and keep digging for the why and keep asking why to the answers until we find the root and then we can root out everything that is causing such pain to escape at such high levels with such a high cost. There is an answer and there is hope, even for what seems to be the most hopeless case, there is always hope. And even when the worst case scenario happens, hope roots up in different manners. So thanks for joining I look forward to the next episode in this little mini series of addiction. I'll be delving into my experience um, with addiction a little bit more as the observer with walking alongside the addict. Looking forward to chatting more next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more info, follow us on Instagram at kindmind.wellness or connect with us on the web at kindmindwellness.org. Be kind to your mind and make your mark.